What's going on, y'all? This is your host with the most, so let's have a toast. Leader Johnson of the best sports podcast out follow the leader. Now, we got to be real, real glad about this situation. I mean, I know people were disappointed just because Simmons is out, which kind of puts the confidence to how Philly had in this whole team. If you think because Simmons is out that this team can't make it to the finals, that is crazy with Joel Embiid there. You talk about, oh, injuries, he's not injured now. <laughs> Quit all that. Stop it. Um, guys are here. Tobias is here. Glenn Robinson third is here. You know, I'm not going to say NB. We all know what's going on. Josh Richardson, Al Horford, Alec Burks. Everybody talking about these. But he's the same guy that just made it to the playoffs. They can play at their worst and still win games against big teams. All of y'all talking all this mess about the Sixers and what they can't do and what they can't. It's unbelievable. It's just that Philly just hungry for a championship. Now, I don't think they're looking at the big picture. And, and let's break down some things about Brett Brown. Let's just get this clear. I know we got some questionable decisions and all this coaching, whatever. No one in, in his year, since he's been coaching the Sixers, has dealt with what he didn't dealt with. No one in history has dealt with what Brett Brown's dealt with and came out on top. Nobody. Not only did he have to deal with tanking, he had to deal with two young superstars that came in hurt. He had to deal with two young superstars to, you know, to, to build your franchise with. Then, each year this team has changed. I don't see one coach that has had to adjust to a team change so much and came out good. A team change that's been led by young stars at that. He didn't have to, he ain't go into free agency and dig. He's kept on with these young stars, no matter if he was hurt or not. If MB got hurt, it was just Simmons, it happened. If, if, if Simmons got hurt, it was just MB that happened. Like, let's just stop this. Stop it. Stop all the, talk about uh, Elton Brand. Elton Brand did what you're supposed to do as a general manager. You go for the gusto. You go for the big guns. And that's what he did. Jimmy Butler ain't signed. How is that his fault? That's completely retarded. Like, y'all fans need to stop the – I think there are a lot of Philly innocents out there that leave fans on, and it's not their fault. Fans don't think – because a lot of fans don't think for themselves. They need somebody to guide them, and they go off certain certain things, you know. That's all that is. They just go off certain things. And it's kind of sad, but, hey, this is what Lita Johnson, follow Lita Sportscast is the real sportscast out because I don't go with trends. I go with real. Let's just keep it real, all right? Let's just keep it absolutely real. And let's go to this playoff. Let's go to the Sixers. Tobias Harris ended as the leading scorer of the team. 19.6 a game. Um, really, it's MB, uh, but MB had 23 a game, but he only played 50 games, so you know how that go, how they judge things up. MB uh, had 23 points, 11.7 rebounds, 3 assists, 1.3 blocks. One of the best defensive players. In, he's, he's here. One of the best defensive players in the league. Best two-way players. An elite two-way player, probably the most elite two-way player in this in this league. We're looking at like who you who would be better right now? Is it Paul George? Is it Kawhi Leonard? I say Kawhi could could go over Embiid. Let me take that like that. Kawhi is a beast, but 
could he go over MB? And MB changes the whole game when the Sixers are there. When when MB is there, I don't care who is at center when MB is not there. They go in the lane more confident. When MB is there, there's no confidence going in that lane. You know that you're coming down on some bad, you know what I mean? <laughs> like it's gonna be bad. It's a it's a, it's a possibility it could be super bad, right? Not just bad. And you could get blocked and go to your face. So you you know, you could get blocked about seven different times in a row. I mean, or you could what he does, you don't even want to get blocked by MB. You just don't. Nah, you just don't. Now Tobias Harris nineteen point six a game. All right, six point nine rebounds, three point one assists. Doing his thing. Ben Simmons went out, you know, he ended the year, you know, um, 16 a game, 7.8 rebounds, 8.0 assists, 2.1 steals. Josh Richardson, 13.9 points, um, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. People talking about this and that, disappointing. Listen, like I said, even with Tobias Harris, this whole team, the chemistry is better. It's a better point. You know, mentally, which is good. Now they have to just play with chemistry on the court. The mental chemistry now is there even more than ever. Now they have to just play with it on the court. Just let them play together more and more, and it it happens. And they have to do it at a quick pace now because now they're in the playoffs. So that's the only weakness I see because that that could make them lose not having that court chemistry yet. Because once again this year, Brett Brown starts out the season with the team, then here comes pandemic. Right after All Star break, so and then you get Alec Burke, and because everything matters, Alec Burke and Glenn Robson the third added to this team. You know the chemistry has to go because these guys need the ball too. It has to get big. It, it, like it's always a different team, but this realistically, Josh Richardson and Al Horford. Now let's talk about Al Horford, who averaged um, eleven point nine points, um, six point nine rebounds, and four assists. I don't think people look at. I think the Al Horford, it's just totally unfair to really judge him and put him down like that. I think it's just crazy to me. Um, Alec Burke in 17 games has averaged 12 points a game for the Sixers. Cork Myers this year in 21.7 minutes has averaged 9.7 points. Shake Milton in 20 minutes has averaged 9.4 points a game. Uh, Glenn Robson the third, 7.7. Mike Scott, 5.9. Um, you net over 4.9. You're just going down the list of guys. Kylo Quinn is really the most underrated player, and Norville Pell is a, is a stout defender. So we're looking at this team, and, and, and just without Ben Simmons, it's a chance still. It's, it's it's a big chance. It's just a, you know, without your two superstars to be overwhelming. The thing is, the Sixers already had overwhelming talent. Everybody's talking about this and that and winning. They got to play together and win. It's like, let me ask everybody a question. When OKC had Carmelo and Paul George and Russell Westbrook, where, where were they at? Like, everybody expected them to go to the conference finals at least. The Houston Rockets had their chances. Plenty of times. Um, the big expectations on the Sixers because of the stars they got. Like Ben Simmons and, and Joel Embiid, I get it. But we all got to be real about young guys running teams and getting different players. Nobody even emphasizes that. Nobody has had to deal with that as a team. Nobody. Everybody has these. Um, I'm looking at the Milwaukee Bucks. And where was their change? How many guys stayed around there and, and, and they developed a chemistry for years before things happened? The Boston Celtics. 
through years of them developing the chemistry, young players staying together for years doing it, and then having vets that have been together, been around them for a minute, able to put that together. They, they put a Kyrie in there, to, then they got a Kimba in there. We don't, there's no, like, I want to know, realistically, where is the veteran, there's no veterans taking over this team. Like, you have to look at it. Kyrie took over Boston, they now Kimba's there. Everybody talking about Jason Tatum or who's it, but who is the veteran leader? Like, Kimball Walker is an all-star. He came in and took over. Like, they don't have to have all that pressure on them. Now, you put in Tobias Harris, who's a star. I think anybody can say what they want. He's a star. He's just not Kevin Durant. He's not Paul George. But he's there. He's going to give you those points. He's going to light it up. And he's not even got to that point where he's comfortable enough to really start lighting it up. He's trying to figure out where he is with his chemistry with everybody on the court, where he can be, uh, who can pass the ball here, who can pass the ball there. You know, I mean, it's a lot of things to figure out with your chemistry on the court. You got to have the confidence to uh, give a, a player the ball, know when to give a player the ball. Now, Tobias Harris is just a ball player, so he's just playing off instinct right now. And then Ben Simmons was that catalyst as far as passing the ball, and you know when the chem- now you get to really see where the chemistry's at. When Ben Simmons is not there to make everyone better, he's just such a difference. That's why he's a superstar because he just makes the whole game different for Philadelphia. For a team. Looking at what they're shooting, uh, NB shooting 47%, so is Tobias Harris. NB shooting 33%, Tobias Harris shooting 36% from three. Josh Richardson shooting 34% from three, 43% from the field. Well, we have to... Alec Burke is, is lighting it up, 39% from three-point line. Um, Corkmire shooting 40%. Mike Scott shooting 36%. You have to look at what this team does. 38% for Neto. Neto is not getting the, the love that people, you know, it's crazy. But looking at this team. Joel Embiid has to be dominant. He has to be that guy, that difference maker. And, uh, you know, he has to do what he does. Yeah, he's got to be Embiid. Everybody has to be dominant. Embiid is always dominant when he plays his ball game. When he, he lacks off, he's not Embiid. That's another center. But when he's in the game, like ever since he's been back, on a restart, every single game he's been dominant. You know, dominant. You know what I mean? Except when he got hurt. But Embiid just did that. All Embiid got to do is play like he's been playing because you got too much help. You don't have to be the, the ball hog. You have to play and, and be dominant. That's it. Be Embiid. It's be Embiid. That's it. Be Embiid. If you're not Embiid, then he's not dominant. That's the easy thing for Embiid to do is be dominant. When he wants to play, because sometimes it looks like he's not there. And then, now the restart been different, but during the season, him averaging, you know, what he was averaging before the restart, he seemed like he wasn't there a lot of games. But then again, like I say, chemistry is everything. And you get to trying to find your place. Alec Burke didn't know what his place was with this team for a minute. Everybody's trying to find it. When that's like, when, when there are people on the team who are undecided on their role, that happens. People are just saying about Al Horford, which is kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy how they talk about Al Horford. Al Horford is Al Horford. Once again, I'm going to have to go to Al Horford. I, I want people to understand. Let, let's talk about Al Horford. Let, let's, let's do it. All right? Because people don't understand who Al Horford is. 
Al Horford, for his career, averages 13.9 points a game, right? 13.9 points a game. That's what he averages. 8.3 rebounds, 3.3 assists, 1.2 blocks. His career. 52% from the field, 36% from three. This is Al Horford. His highest average ever was 18.6 with the Atlanta Hawks. Atlanta Hawks, he had, with Atlanta, he really had a good time, good role. I mean, a good run with them. But then you go to then you go to uh, Boston, and a lot of his um, his shooting attempts go down. At eleven point eight, at Boston, he had fourteen points a game. One year, he averaged twelve point nine points a game. The other year, he averaged thirteen point six. He's averaging eleven point nine now. It's like people wanted something that wasn't there from out. Like I don't really get it. I just don't get it. Last year, he averaged 6.7 rebounds. The year before that, he averaged 7.4. The year before that, he averaged 6.8. He's always averaged almost five assists a game. He's an all-around big man. What do you want from him? What do you want from Al Horford? You want him to average 20 and 12? That's not going to happen. He did that his whole career. He only averaged one double-double in his career. Like, when he came here, it prob- if you were skeptical about him, okay, I rock with you, whatever. Because he's a good player. He's one of the best bigs in the league. But I rock with you because you came into it. Don't Now, if you don't like him now, all of a sudden, after what happened during the season, then you're fake because you didn't follow your football, your basketball instincts. You didn't follow him. You didn't follow your basketball knowledge. You didn't even look up, look him up. You don't even know who he is. But if you was coming into it, if you didn't like the trade when they made it or like the signing when they made it, basically the signing trade one or the other, if you didn't like it, when they made it, when they made the acquisition for Al Horford, because you know they had to make a trade, or Jimmy Butler had to roll out for this to happen. Um, if you didn't like it when it started, I rock with you. It is what it is. That's just your opinion. But all of a sudden, when the season goes on, you're like, "Oh my god!" But this is who Al Horford is. I really don't get it. This is who Al Horford is, and he's trying to get used to a new team, a new scheme. A new like y'all can't blame it on Al. Y'all can't blame it on Brett. Y'all can't blame it on Elton. Elton went after a big fish. That's who Al Horford is, a big fish. You put a guy on this team that could be a difference maker. You put a guy on the team that can impact it. And Al Horford has impacted. I just don't know what you guys are asking for. There is like complications on the court. Like I say, him keeping up with some of these faster players. Um, but he could still play his game. Everybody else could just do what they do. When once you stop, that's why he's on the bench because it's like when you come in with the start. When he was on the bench, you had nothing but fast guys up and down the floor, guys with the same speed. Then you bring Al Horford off the bench, and it was it was lovely when he was off the bench. It was lovely when he was off the bench. You look at him and it's restart, and when Al Horford is done. You have to be impressed. You have to be impressed. He's had 21-point He's had a 15-point game. He's been, like, you know, he just recently started. He started starting now. And and his last, you know, he had 21, 15, 9 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds. When, when One thing is this, though. When you play him 30 minutes, 
and you give him the ball, it's a different Al Horford. You got to let Al Horford be Al Horford. But when you play him 30 minutes and he only gets three attempts, seven attempts, you're going to see different outcomes. But when you get 14 attempts, nine attempts, give him the ball. Let him touch the ball. Let him be able to make plays with the ball. He can give you three for four from the three-point line. He can give you 67% from the field. You have to, this team also has to adapt to Al Horford. And I think that's the thing that they just wanted to throw him in there and have him adapt to the team. Everybody has to adapt to Al Horford. That's the coaching. Brett Brown has to make those moves and put him in a situation where he succeeds. That's just it. Now, with the Boston Celtics, we go to the Celtics, and who do they have? Well, they have their guys. They have Jason Tatum averaging 23.4 points a game, all-star this year. All right? Um, just like we knew, seven rebounds. You almost got the team of rebounds. 1.4 steals, three assists. Kimba Walker, 20 a game. He, he, he put down. See, that's not Kimba. Kimba averaged about 28 on you. 4.8 assists. Jalen Brown is, is, is doing his thing. Knew he was going to be this type of player. 20.3 points a game. Hayward, 17.5. Smart, 12.9. Uh, Daniel Thies is the center. Nine a game. Eight points a game for Katner. And looking at their bench, I mean, they, you know, let me tell you something. Brad Winamaker. Uh, looking at this bench, like Robert Williams III is another guy who um, I feel like is a good guy that they have on this team. Athletic. Tremont Waters. Grant Williams. Now I'm naming these guys because they got some good young guys. And whether they're whether they'll have their peak in the playoffs, or, or I'm just saying, if they have an impact in the playoffs, remain to be seen. But these are some talented young guys. You know, you got the Taco Falls, the Carson Edwards, and the Romeo Langford. They got some talented young guys on this team. So it's 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 going to be a game. But looking at this Boston Celtic team, Brad Stevens is a great coach. But this this team doesn't scare me. They don't. What has to happen for Philly, though, now that Ben is gone, is Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris. Tobias got to step it up, and Josh, even though at 19.6, once they do it, it makes the whole team better. Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Josh Richardson. And then Al Horford has to step. Like, I don't never talk too much about him because I feel like that remains, to me, I don't see nothing wrong. I mean, people are looking at Al Horford. He's had some bad games or whatever or or, or less, you know, uh, lackluster. But it's not all Al Horford. Al Horford also has to be fitting to the – y'all have to realize the type of player Al Horford is. That's the Brett Brown part. Put him in this position to succeed. That He's a post presence that can hit the long range. He's not even as – he's not as athletic as Joel Embiid. With Al Horford, this team can still go to the finals. And that big four, because it was a big five, that big four has to step up. Al Horford, every time he's in there, Brett Brown has to incorporate ways he can score. Make it easy for him to do his game. Don't make it harder for him. Put him in situations where he's uncomfortable and, 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 and flowing with his team. Josh Richardson got to run around the court, play D. This guy can really be a difference maker. 13.9 just off you know, what people are disappointed about. Then you got uh, Tobias Harris has to be that killer. 
Just like Josh, that's why I say that's why I went with the first three because they can be those killers. They can run around the court fast and shoot the ball, and Joel Embiid is a presence. They those three have to influence everything. And then here comes the Alec Burke. And then here comes the Glenn Robinson the third. Of course, they got to kick up dust. It's like any other team. It's like any team in sports, but there's always key factors that revolve around everything. Because if those three don't do something and the rest of them do, this team is shot. But if those three do something and those other guys have lackluster games, they can still win. The second, the fourth factor besides Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid is the defense. The defense has to come back. They have not been good this whole restart. Yeah, second half where they was. I guess we can count that, but I I didn't have not liked this. If that if that don't happen, then Boston gets them. Boston clearly gets them. So this is going to be the big matchup. Is going to be MB. And, and Tatum. They're not going to go against each other, but those are two marquee names. Now, the big matchup against one another is going to be kind of the Josh Richardson and Gordon Haywood. We'll see where they have Gordon Haywood. If Gordon Haywood plays Tobias Harris, then that's the big matchup. But if he he matches up against Richardson, that's different. But Josh Richardson against Jalen Brown is just as important. Like, Josh is a bad boy. If you want to be recognized and stand out, this is your time. That 34-point game, let it be recognized that, hey, no matter who he playing against, he did it. So now you can't just say these guys, he can't do it against these guys. It's Josh Richardson. This boy can, and did it before in the playoffs. Had big games in the playoffs, so there's no doubt he could do it against elite teams. That would be a big matchup. You know, we're leaving out a lot of, and the bench has to kick up. There's just, like, some things, to me, are going to be self-explanatory because of what you've seen on and off from this bench. But what has to really kick up is Embiid, Harris, and Richardson. This is going to be a real good series. I mean, Celtics against the Sixers, classic matchup for years and years. I think NB dominates the center position. But another guy I don't talk about who I feel like really has to show it because of the expectation of him is Shake Milton. Shake Milton has to show why the confidence in him was to have that, that one lineup with Ben Simmons at power forward and him at point guard. It was a reason. Shake Milton has to light it up. So you got guys like Shake, Thibel, Burks, and Robinson III, and Court Myers. They're very important. Very, very important. They all can ball, and they have to ball. This is going to be a good series. I'm excited. I feel like um, the Sixers have a great chance of winning. And I think they will. I think this first game is a statement. NB got to come in. Harris got to come in and dog it out. Josh Richardson got to come. Like, this is it. Like, Josh Richardson, to me, now I'm looking at, and it's like Josh has the biggest pressure. Because we, Al Horford is not expected to come in there and give you 18, 20. I think Josh Richardson should come in there and at least be averaging 16 points a game. If he does that in these playoffs. And then I think he can average 22. Right now, with Ben Simmons out, I'm looking for a 20, 22. I'm putting the pressure even bigger. If he gets to 18, then he's, he's, he's reaching for that mark. 
But at the least, I got to see 18 points a game from Josh Richardson. I got to see 18 points a game. You're looking at this team, there's nobody that can block him from getting 18 points a game. Josh Richardson has to be that guy. He has to. I think Tobias got to step up to like 24, 25. This is for the finals. And Embiid has got to be that man that can get you 28, 25, 28 a game. At least 25. I think that has to be the range for the top three. Horford coming in. Listen, Horford can give you what he's giving now. Just hit his high percentage. I think he can give you what he's giving you now. 11.9, I wouldn't be. But there's also a factor where I want Horford to average at least 14 points a game. Like at least 14 a game. 14 and 8 rebounds. If we can get 8 rebounds, 14 and 8 from Horford, things are totally different. From a Sixer fan perspective, <laughs> you know how they think. But Ben Simmons is gone. So that's why I'm saying 14 a game with 18 a game with 23 to 24 a game from Tobias and 28 a game or 25. Could be 25 from MB, but MB can get you 28 a game, though. He can get you 28 a game. He can get you that. So between 24 and 28 a game, I'm looking for MB. 23 to 25 a game is what I'm looking for to buy it. 16 to 18 from Josh. Really 18 from Josh. 18 to 19. That's what I'm looking for. This is going to be a real good series, real good game. The biggest factor in us stopping Boston is... uh, Containing Kimber Walker from going off and stop letting, don't let any one player dominate you. Jason Tatum. If you let one player, I, I think to clamps on everybody else is big. I think just don't let Kimber Walker, I think in this whole game, just don't let Kimber Walker turn to a fool. Because he started doing that. that. I think everybody else could do their thing. If Kimber Walker turns into a nightmare, that's going to make things hard. Real hard. So I'm here, y'all. Um, I just want to break y'all down some um, playoff news. You know, break down some things before Boston, Philly and Boston. Um, And we'll be back, man. I'm going to talk more about a little bit about the Flyers, a little bit about Penn State doing their thing. It's definitely big, man. Um, Penn State is just racking up commitments. And I'll be back right here on Follow the Leader. Not even a satellite, not even a satellite. 
soon. Stand subtle, stand see a star, you better follow with the sister. Oh, oh, this is a lesson if you're guessing. Follow the leader. Follow the leader. Follow the leader. Follow the leader. Follow the Follow the Leader Sports Podcast, and let's get into some things. Uh, congratulations on the flies for the 2-1 win against Montreal Canadiens. They took Carter Harder's. See the difference maker of a goalie? I mean, guys like Joel Fairbee scored, you know, the defensive men or elite. Like, they really are a good team. And then you just wait for them to get good before you start really ranting because on paper they look like, but they were so young. Flyers had to play. They had to play and play and play, and the chemistry was there. Now, boom. Okay, now, um, Penn State. This is crazy right now. Um, I'm just looking at the 2021 class. Nolan Rucci looks like he's a lot. There's a lot of different guys that could still uh, commit. As far as the top targets go, um, Rucci's number one, and Derek Davis Jr. seems like. He said, I think he's going. This is just like the Michael Parr situations. Everybody talking about Clemson and Ohio State. No, I think he's a Penn State in the line. Kevin Gilliam is the big one. This is the big fish out of all of them to me. I think to get a defensive end of this caliber is huge. 6'3", 250, elite Virginia prospect. Seventh best defensive end. I just think it's going to be a uh, – I think he's a Penn State guy. Regardless, like I said before, he's a Penn State guy. I think it's going to be a big – get to get out of all of DeWine Warren, the cornerback. I mean, he's arguably the best junior college player coming out, and they have him on lock. But Lackawanna's always been Penn State. Other guys um, that could get involved, um, Rashawn Benny, I think that's Michigan right now. But Penn State could wow them. I mean, they've been real good with Michigan prospects. George Rooks, another one. He's out of Jersey. He's a name to watch out for. Could Penn State nab him? I think they could take him. It's a it's a real good possibility that Penn State could take him. Pay close attention to that one. A defensive tackle. Very talented defensive tackle. Looking at receivers. We'll just see what happens with Dominic Lovett. We'll just see what happens. Those situations are in the works. But let's go to 20. You know, I'm really excited to get to the 2022 class. Like, this has just been a good run for Penn State. It's 2022, and it's so early. It's so early. They're almost operating at a pace where, you know, it kind of confuses people, right? Just recruiters. But who to say these guys stay? And You know, hopefully they make the decision to be 100% committed. But they have the third-ranked class in the 2022 class right now, Penn State, second in Big Ten. What a start to this. 
Caden Sanders, Saunders, who knows how high he'll go. He's a very explosive receiver at Ohio. Holding stays. They finally get them another tight end. He comes out of Georgia, the fourth best tight end in this class. Four-star. Jerry Cross, another tight end. Like, I really like this guy. Like, I really like Jerry Cross. Now they have the same situation they had with Pat Free and Zach Koontz. Two good, real good tight ends. Uh, Bo Prabula, a dual-threat quarterback. They get real good quick. Very fair. And and Pabula don't even have stars at 247 right now. All these guys, I can see them all going up. This is just a good class. This is a good class to start with in 2022 and let you know where they're headed. Um, you look at the top targets. And you get to see it. And now White, White is a guy from Philadelphia. Philadelphia talent just like Keenan Nelson Jr. One's out of Imotep Institute. Others out of St. Joseph Prep School. Five-star defensive in now White is the big fish. Keenan Nelson next. Just great talents on this board. Ken Talley, a guy I think will be committing soon. Out of Philadelphia, another guy out of Philadelphia, defensive end. Anthony Ivey, Tevin White, Anthony Johnson. Watch out for Anthony Johnson. Makai Flowers. This is a 2022 class that could be the best since that Michael Parsons class. Just be on the lookout on that point when Penn State makes that move. Um, It really says where they're going and what they're trying to go. I see a lot. Nicholas Singleton, another one. Braden Davis. And I think this makes Penn State even just huge. So, listen, y'all. Um, I just want to give y'all a quick little update here. Um, follow Leader Man. Follow me on Instagram. Follow me on Twitter. I am out, y'all.